really are emotions. I'm James O'Malley and that's the question I'm asking this week on James vs. Ignorance, a podcast where I fight my own lack of knowledge by talking to clever and interesting people. James versus Ignorance. James versus Ignorance. Rich Firth Godby here is an academic at Queen Mary University in London and he specialises in the study of disgust in his work at the Centre for the History of Emotion. Emotions, it turns out, are a big and complex topic, so I wanted to find out how that made him feel. I started by asking him, what exactly is an emotion? Um, that question has never adequately been answered, would you believe? Um, there are meta-analyses out there. There was one done in the early 80s. There's one done by someone called Lindquist in about, it's fairly recently, and they came up with hundreds, if not thousands, of definitions. Literally, everyone who writes a paper on the emotions says, my definition of the emotions <laughs> is, which kind of suggests to you that maybe this, this category isn't exactly a thing mm. it's more somewhere that a, a framework into which we put some feelings it's not actually a thing is studying it art or is it science or i, I don't know i was thinking like you know, i'm gonna talk to you about emotions you know about emotions i'm an emotional man i cry all the time <laughs> but, but what I, I can't define it it's really hard to describe it is very hard to describe, uh, which is why so many descriptions so far have been so utterly terrible. There is something of a battle as to what emotions are in the academic world. Mm. On one hand, you've got the, a group of psychologists, not all of them, but a group of them, sometimes known as faculty psychologists. They're the ones who think that everything in psychology has its own little bit. There's cognitive bits, there's emotions bits, there's seeing bits, there's hearing bits, and all the bits of the brain, you'll light up a bit of them, you'll hear mm. this all the time. It lit up that bit of the brain. And then, um, and those people believe there are these things called basic emotions, hence mm. the cartoon Inside Out recently with the five basic emotions. Um, and that was based on some studies that were done in the 60s where they showed a load of faces to some college students. The college students picked some faces that they all thought were emotions everybody had. They then took those pictures of faces out into the deep darkest jungle and got someone to read sentences to them like you know you find your mother in bed with your brother pitch point to the face you'd pull and they pointed to a face and they <laughs> concluded that there were these five faces that everybody pulled all over the world which mm. meant there are five emotions if i can remember them they are sadness happiness anger disgust and um there was surprise originally and fear of course um, i love what you say originally does that mean that since we've had a thinking surprise isn't an emotion? Yeah, surprisingly not. Um, <laughs> the, the guy who did it originally, Paul Ekman, decided, has decided, I think he's now got seven, there's sort of a neutral emotion, mm. whatever the hell that is. But that's kind of the idea from the psychologist's point of view. And there are other versions of these basic emotions out there. There's like a neuroscientist called Jacques Panskep, I always pronounce his name wrong because there's many, many A's in it. And he... Um, sees again basic emotions but he has like one called seeking and there's this it's the emotion of trying to find things and get things this could be food or it could be love or it could be sex or whatever and the opposites mm. and amongst the opposites are things like disgust and pushing things away and running away and fear um, and then there are things that are not going to too much like appraisal theorists who have these versions of the basic emotions or forms of appraisal but then outside of psychology all the sociologists all the anthropologists all the historians of emotion all look at the emotions in their own fields and go but I don't see basic emotions I go to my let's say group of people an mm. anthropologist and they've got this emotion which is basically the pride they feel after beheading the right number of people <laughs> We in the West don't really get that feeling. We don't have that feeling. So is it, is it like one group are basically 
categorizing planets because a planet is like a relatively arbitrary thing but there's a lot of debate over it yeah and then you've got these other group who are, i don't know physicists and go they're all big lumps of rock in space it doesn't matter sort it's- of yeah and it's also i think in some ways it's i think they're talking past each other i think mm. what one group are doing is actually trying to define a set of feelings a set of um how the body reacts to feelings mm. and the others are sort of looking at how we then interpret those linguistically and culturally and how you know there's one thing to say there's this thing called anger but then if you are in a culture where expressing anger is a good thing you know righteous anger Mm. uh, or you're in a culture where getting angry is wrong or even just in a position within a culture say you're you know I don't know say you are in the middle of a a funeral and Mm. you suddenly get up and start laughing Mm. in our culture that's absolute no no but there are cultures in the world where as soon as the body's been buried you're supposed to go yay and have joy and have fun Mm. and so it doesn't mean they don't both have um humor and laughter and joy it just means that how they're culturally understood is different and then you get subtle things around that about you know uh whether whether you have to take all this in whether you have to say well but those social constructions of those emotions they are the emotions the feelings might be different Mm. because we can't access the feelings we can't actually for certain say they're feeling the same feeling and of course the neuroscientists can't really test it in the field because what they've got to do is they've got to get a guy they've got to make him lay on his back strap his head down (laughs) stick him in a massive white tube and then say now feel as you normally would and it's sort of (laughs) not how it works you know my idea is there's a group of psychologists who have something called the psychological construction of emotion. Mm. And they basically say these feelings, it's the psychological construction of the brain. They say the idea that the brain has this bit for that and that bit for that and that bit for that is patent nonsense. If you look at the neuroscience or any other science, whenever you think of anything or have a feeling, loads of different bits of the brain light up. Mm. And they kind of say, oh, well, ignore those and look at the bit we're looking for. But they do light <laughs> up. And that's because... Emotions, feelings, thoughts are emergent properties that come from all different ah, okay. brains at once. Um, and so it includes the social influence, it includes the language, it includes the, the sort of, um, what's the word for it, interior, interior sensory feelings, mm. sort of your semantic feelings and your gut feelings and the, your neurochemicals and all that nonsense. All of that has to be taken into account for you to say, this is that. And so... So if I cry yeah. and basically... If I was to feel sad, that would be a description of, I don't know, for example, uh, tears coming from my eyes, uh, me feeling... How can you describe it without using, like, saying I'm feeling unhappy? Because that's the same as feeling sad. Yeah. So you'd be feeling... You you, you know, there are certain words you can use. So the most common ones within this particular field come from something called core effect, which Mm. is that you have these feelings and these neurochemicals create um, either valence, which is whether you're attracted to something or Mm. want to avoid it, and arousal, which uh, is whether something feels good or feels bad. So extreme, something you're really attracted to that arouses you might be horny, if that is an emotion. Uh, it is now. <laughs> At the opposite end, it might be, um, I don't know, something that you really, really don't want to do. And it's, it's really, you're trying to avoid it as well. Like, I don't know. Um, homework. Homework. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the feelings, <laughs> and the feelings, and what each culture does is the idea of the psychological construction of emotions is they label those feelings slightly differently. Mm. Sometimes the differences can be subtle, like the difference between the German word that I pronounced wrong, they call ekel, um, or ekel, or something, which is always translated into English as disgust, which is mm. my primary field, but actually it's not quite the same. Once upon a time, it meant being tickled. 
ah. which disgusts isn't tickled. <laughs> it still has more of a feeling of feeling like you want to avoid something and and get around it mm. rather than feeling like you want to throw up, which is what we think of as disgust. Mm. So can we condition people to, to sort of experience emotions differently? Like you're saying like laughing at a funeral would be bad. Yeah. So on Facebook a while back, you posted these insane pictures of, I think it was somewhere in Central America, yeah. where they dig up dead bodies yeah. and they put like new clothes on them. And it's like, and just to paint a picture for the listener, these aren't like skeletons or they're not just freshly dead corpses. These have been dead a while, they're decaying. So you can see all the skin falling off. But like they, they had this guy in a Hawaiian shirt and they were taking a photo of him with his arm around a live person. And, you know, to, to my eyes, that looked horrifying. But like... And just completely fucked up. Yeah. But could it could presumably then it's possible to condition someone to think, oh no, that's that's perfectly fine and normal. Oh yeah, um, most I mean, disgust in particular. The big debate there is, but well, people can you know if that person wants to throw up and he smells garlic, that person that there smells of garlic because he eats so mm. much of it. How <laughs> in the earth can that be some kind of? And the argument is, well, the actual core thing at the bottom, mm. the disgust, that is a very deep evolved thing it's evolved for whatever reason there's mm. all sorts of theories pathogen avoidance um parasite avoidance all sorts but then we train people during their development or through whatever psychological reason mm. to have feel disgust for that thing or that thing or that thing and that bit is the cultural bit um so for example there's that mm. you know the problem is there are some people um who will say that no no dead bodies they're always disgusting to all people everywhere mm. having only actually tested American college students <laughs> um, and they will say uh, and then you show them pictures of that and it'll be oh hang on and there's another tribe I forgot there's a, a book called The Hydra's Tale um, and in it he describes a tribe who as a delicacy after killing their animals before they are cold and I don't listen to this you're eating pause it finish your food <laughs> I'll come back to it before they are cold they cut out the intestines where the fecal matter is and eat it raw and warm as a uh, delicacy wow yeah so you know um, so it, they tell those animals to lit, you know they literally eat shit and die they, they die and eat shit yeah so uh, the idea that we are disgusted by dead animal remainders and fecal matter matter is a bit odd when there's people eating it presumably then like you mentioned like there's only the college kids um that are surveyed and, yeah. and like a lot of it sounds really flaky and hard to manage and those people going out and asking people what faces they experienced and stuff does does a lot of this research come in is that i'm trying to is there iffy uh, ethically iffy research with with like uncontacted people or what, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the politically correct term is but like you know people who go out to papua new guinea and find people who aren't part of mainstream humanity no and And that's another problem Um, ethics is a very big thing in psychology Um, before anybody asks Mm. by the way I'm not I'm not a psychologist I'm this weird thing called a historian of emotions uh, and we are these weird historians who learn about emotions therefore we need to know all of emotion science so that we can ignore it and do our thing anyway Um, (laughs) (laughs) which is what most of us do Um, Ethics is a big thing. It's very rare they'll go and find someone absolutely untouched by the West. Mm. Uh, and even if they do, they're going through a translator, which is one of the big worries about the, mm. the experiments. Because, of course, you say to them, say this to them, and you don't know that that is actually what's being conveyed. The person may mm. be saying, oh, so you want them to feel... So I'll say it in a way that make them understand what you mean. And that's a big problem with translation. Um, 
and also when it looked when the original papers were looked at for basic emotions it was found that quite a few of the people you know when the adjustments were made for how much of the west they knew about their wonderful figure of oh there's an 88 uh, 0.8 correlation here started to drop down 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 to beings also that they, they test how how integrated they are Later they have. Okay. Yes. They've gone back to these things and gone, let's have a look here. Um, and in fact, the facial recognition thing was done, was redone, I think it, I like to think it was last year, but it's probably the year before because this year's been kind of a weird year. Mm. And they did it again and they found that there was just no correlation at all. It was all over the place. <laughs> um, by allowing them to select their own faces. I mean, that's not the only thing. There mm. are some interesting stuff in... See, I'm sort of agnostic. I can understand that, that we have feelings and they're almost certainly evolved, which is why I like the psychological construction of emotion, mm. because it doesn't say what some social constructionists say, which is it, 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 we get it from some kind of magical ether. You know, like, mm. ooh, this is the space <laughs> and we feel... They actually bring it back to biology and say, yeah, it might, mm. be, a, it might be constructed socially, part of it, but that's still got a biological basis. There's still got to be something goes on in the brain that allows us to accept these constructions and live with them. There's got to be an evolutionary reason for them. Um, yeah, it ties all the knots together. You're a historian of all of this. Yes. So you, you've been looking back through old documents yep. and finding out what people felt in the olden days. I mean, how did they conceptualise emotions? Is there emotions that existed you know, centuries ago, which no longer exists. Yes. Is it, is it like, you know, is, was there an emotion where people were sort of pleased that the plague was got by their neighbour and not them, so they felt quite good about it, or some sort of weird... Well, probably, I don't but... Know. Um, <laughs> there are... Um, there are what are known as lost and found emotions, and I, mm. I actually do a lot of things with... There's a group of us who go out and do the lost emotions talks um, and the idea of lost emotions is these are emotions lost to time or changed mm. or people assume they knew what they are there's a, a classic one is melancholy you know the mm. great uh, Burton wrote this massive book in the, in the 17th century on melancholy it's huge this book mm. uh, and he goes into great detail and people say oh melancholy that's just depression isn't it and when you say to them well depression is a medicalised for a psychiatric form of if you like malaise, you feel down, you feel tired, you can't be bothered with things, extreme cases can become suicidal. Whereas melancholia, yes, you supposedly felt down, you felt malaise, and you thought your legs were glass and you turned into a werewolf. It's very different. Mm. The, the way it's actually <laughs> manifests and the way it's talked about, it's not medical either. Until, well, he's kind of medicalized mm. it when he wrote that book, but it's not really a medical thing. It's seen as sort of this... Um, it's it's the soul being crushed in the souls because it was all the passions were in the souls the passions as they were known mm. there were the passions and the affects and then later on there were things called sentiments and all these various categories of feeling um, and the passions were those things that happened in the body and then could affect your rational mind so they affect it basically um, happened in the sensitive part of your soul and could affect the rational part of your soul this sounds like a load of nonsense yes before let's go let's go all history okay um, before Descartes everybody seems to think that there was body and soul and that's the way mm. it's always been for all time kind of there was Socrates when yeah body and soul and mm. then, but what was the main belief is this idea of the tripartite soul of course everything's three isn't it it's all three and this actually comes from Plato and it comes from Aristotle and people like that and the idea is there is one part of your soul which is the uh, fleshy bit the animal soul if you like mm. oh no, not even the animal song, what am I talking about? 
vegetative soul, <laughs> and that's stuff. And that's like plants have that. That's mm. just stuff that's alive. Then there's this next bit, the animal soul, the sensitive soul, or both. And that is the bit that animals have as well, and humans have that, because we have the vegetative and we have the, uh, um, the sensitive, and that's the bit that makes you move and be attracted to food and want to eat things and shag things and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then there's this third soul, the rational soul, the reasonable soul, mm. which is all about thought and thinking and intelligence and uh, the only things on earth that have that are humans. Animals don't have that. Humans have that. The angels, of course, they have a reasonable soul and a sensitive soul, but no, they're not made of any stuff, so they don't have a vegetable, a vegetable soul, a vegetative soul. And God is just reason, pure uh-huh. reason. And presumably this hierarchy was used to justify... All sorts of all horrible sorts of horrible, yeah. yeah. The great <laughs> chain of being where you, get, you have God, archangels, angels, men, women and children. <laughs> animals. So, yeah, women were somewhere between men and animals. Um, and all sorts of other things. The various types of men came into mm. the hierarchy. There's a, there's a book called The Great Chain of Being by uh, a guy called Arthur Lovejoy. And that's a very interesting book. But yeah, it's, it's, that's it. So when you're talking about emotions before Descartes, and quite a few people after, because it didn't change overnight, mm. um, they're talking about these passions that come from that sensitive bit, that middle bit mm. of the soul. Animals have passions too. But we have the reason to control them. So we can, the passions will happen, and then we can decide whether to act on them or not. The stoic idea of you, you get these passions, and you say, is this the right thing to do? And, then, and the other ones, the affects I mentioned, they come from the mind first, mm. and then they can affect the body. So they'll, they'll be sort of like righteous anger. You'll find out someone's done something wrong. You'll decide to be angry because it's the wrong thing to do. And then your body will go, and you'll go out and you'll smack them or whatever you're going to do. Um, so yes, mm. this is what I mean. Even the categories in which we designate emotions have been lost to us. So, you mind f- emotions so a few there. years ago, you saw all this and thought, emotions are really hard to pin down and describe. The history of them complicates it even more. Yeah. That sounds like a PhD that sounds like, I, I, I want to, That's, that, that sounds like a piece of cake. What I actually did <laughs> is I got interested in disgust in history, and I got to the 17th century, and I found that there wasn't really... Disgust, the word appears in 1598 in a dictionary, and it, doesn't, it kind of means displeasure, mm. being displeased and things that taste bad for a long time, and it sort of changes into something a bit more like we understand it in the early sort of uh, 18th century. But I, I found these other words, abomination, aversion, eschewing, aversion, type of horror, and so on, that were being used. And I thought, oh, they're just disgusting. And I looked at them and went, oh, they're not. They're a bit different. You know, abomination's got this religious context to it. It's sort of sin. And not all sin is disgusting. Mm. Some of it's just naughty. Um, and so I uh, went to try and find a book on it, and it wasn't there. And I went, ah, <laughs> <laughs> I see a gap. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Where does your research go now? What what is it? You, have you got a hypothesis that you're trying to to prove, or d- dumb it down for me? That's basically what I'm asking. Okay, basically, I am at the point where all I'm trying to do is show that there were before disgust, as we understand it, came mm. along. Um, I'm not necessarily saying feeling yucky and ugh didn't always exist. Isn't part mm. of our evolutionary. Machinery. This is why I say I, I can happily be agnostic on this mm. because it doesn't matter. What I am trying to do is, contrary to what has been said in the past, show that abomination and aversion aren't just discussed, they're something else. Mm. So if you like, my hypothesis is this. It's, it has been claimed that these things are discussed. They're not. 
Mm. And I'm going to show you that they're not and how they're not. Ah. And that they are lost emotions. Does it all come back to basically positivism versus post-positivism, in a sense? Because it's... I, I'm far I'm far too out of my depth to express this eloquently, um, <laughs> but in a sense that you're you've got this sort of con- construct using language and how people do things, yeah. Versus the very biological, well, we should look at that and see if it's the brain light up. Is well, is that the inherent? It tension? comes down. This is one of the few fields that hasn't worked out, and I'm just going to give a shout out a friend of mine called Gary Edwards, who was the first person to say this. And what it is is, it's the first field that hasn't worked out that the answer to the nature nurture question is yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it, in almost every other field they've worked out, it's a bit of that, it's a bit of that, somewhere in the middle. Mm. You know, it's not nature or nurture. Almost nothing is entirely one or the other. Uh, language, for example, mm. it is clearly humans have evolved some way to acquire language, but how which language we acquire and what we do with it is cultural. Otherwise, we'd all speak the same bloody language. Mm. You know, it's been worked out, but some reason emotions, these two camps are still at loggerheads. <laughs> um, and it's just it's a bit, yeah. Do why? things get angry and people go, oh, that's ironic, because, you know, they're studying anger and emotions. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, things get angry. No, it doesn't get. They don't get ironic about it because they're academics and far too above that. <laughs> and by the way, if you believe that, I've got a bridge for sale. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> this is what I'm hoping will turn into a format point. So this will be the question. You know, like on Desert Island Disc, they always go, "And what book do you want?" This is the. This is going to be like the last question I try and okay. ask everyone. So given your specific expertise in the world, is there one issue or one thing that you think the world should be less ignorant about? What do we need to worry more about or pay more attention to? You can say the study of disgust, that is your field, um, or you can say climate change, or you can say whatever you want. Is, is there one particular thing from all of your sort of, the sum total of your experiences, you think we should be less ignorant about? In emotions, that not everybody will feel the same way about everything, even if you assume they will. Because I think many great wars have happened because people don't realise this, you know. Mm. Uh, And understanding that there are ways that people feel about things is a better way to start to try and persuade people that they might be wrong about something than trying to even do it with a rational debate. I mean, how, how can you convince somebody, say you're making an atheistic argument and you're trying to convince them there's no God? You can make the rational argument till the cows come home, and that's not going to get anywhere. But if you understand that they have this emotional attachment to God, and it's, it's a type of love so that you don't even understand because you don't feel it. It's this weird love. You're going to start to understand that love, and you start to talk to them about it, and maybe get it through to them that maybe it's a load of old crap. Um, <laughs> that way. So I think, yeah, if there's one thing that I think will change the world, I think it's um, try and understand that people have feelings too what a lovely point to end on Rich Firth got me here thank you very much and that's just about it for the show don't forget you can follow me on Twitter I'm Scythor that's P-S-Y-T-H-O-R and if you'd like to subscribe to the show you can do so on SoundCloud or on iTunes if you'd like to hear more from Rich who's really damn clever isn't he um you can check out his youtube channel it's called the history revolution and he's always putting out loads of interesting videos on all sorts of clever topics um but that's it for this show so thanks for listening and um let's do this again sometime james versus ignorance james
games versus ignorance. James versus ignorance. James 